welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. So we are in a teaching series that's titled Small Things. Um, it's the small things that so often make the biggest difference. We're on part three. And the subtitle, well, I'm not going to give you a subtitle just yet. Let me let me hold off before I give you a subtitle. But before I do that, let me start off with this. I remember when I was in junior high school. So story time. All right. Story time. <laughs> when I was in junior high school, I had this teacher. I was in I took shop class and I had a teacher. Um, I can't even think of his name right now. I can see his face clear as day, but I can't think of his name. Not that that really matters. But anyway, um, I, every day I went into this class. Um, he had a saying that was in the classroom and he was constantly teaching us this saying. He was constantly teaching this thing to us and, and, and all, and all the time. You know, so every time I go into the classroom, I would read this. So I was reading it constantly. I, I, I read it so much to the point where I memorized it. I heard it from him so much to the point that I memorized it. You know, I, I liked it. I fell in love with it. And I accepted it. And this thing, it became a part of my character. It, it became a part of my work ethics. It became a part of who I am. You know, it, it is, it, 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 it just, yeah, it, it's just become a part of who I am. And it becomes a part of, it became a part of how I work. Uh, it was, it's so, that's how much it impacted my life. You know, I use this as a standard for my performance. So a lot of things that I do in life, it's like, this is the standard right here. This is, my goal, this is my target. This is what I'm aiming for right here. You know, I taught it to my kids growing up. I've taught it to many people along the way, young and old. Not only did I live by it, uh, but I also expected it. And, uh, uh, you know, so it was something because it became something that was a part of me and something that I expected for myself. It was a standard for myself. It be also became something that I expected out of other people. Um, you know, it's the standard, it's the bar. And that's saying, this is, this is the thing. It was paint on the wall in, in the classroom and every day I'll go in there. So here's the saying that he taught us. And that is, and many of you probably have heard this before and maybe a couple of different forms or whatever, but once a task has just begun, never leave it till it's done, be it large, big or small, do it well or not at all. I, I, I this thing was so entrenched in me. I used to just Sometimes just be walking down the street and I, I just find myself in my head. Once the task has just begun, never leave it till it's done. Be a large, big or small, do it well or not at all. And I was like, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me right there. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And uh, so ever since junior high school, you know, this thing was just planted deep inside of me. And, you know, this saying, you know, it shaped my expectations, not only for myself, but it also shaped my expectation for other people. So some of you may be able to, you know, there's certain things about me that you have come to know, know about me. Well, if you question 
this aspect about me in 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 a in a, in a, in a way you want to know where it came from why is byron like that this is why i'm like that mm-hmm. because this junior high teacher planted this thing so deep in me and it has such an impact on my life that it became a part of who i am to the point where it has become it's my expectation for myself and it's also my expectation uh for other people as well if there is a job if there is a project Whatever it is that's before me, I make up in my mind before I even start if I'm going to do a good job or not. I, I make it up. I make it up in my mind if I'm going to finish it or not. I make up in my mind if I want to. If I'm going to do a well job, if I'm going to do this thing well, if I'm going to do this thing good, if I'm going to finish this thing, I make up in my mind if I'm going to do that before I start. And if I if I feel like I can't do that or I don't want to do that, I don't make a commitment to it. It's like, you know, uh, I, I don't know, you know, because because I'm not going to do it. If I can't do a good job and I'm not going to do it. Doing your best. Doing your best is a small thing, but it makes a big difference. You know, we're talking about small things, small things you know, are, are so often the things that makes the biggest difference. Doing your best, it's a small thing, but it makes a big Amen. difference. Amen? Amen. And so this saying, it lends to that. It's, it's, it's not that hard. It's not that big of a deal to just do your best. Do a job, do it well, finish it. Be it large, big or small, do it well or not at all. And, you know, so today we are in part three of this teaching series, which is titled Small Things. And uh, the subtitle for today, I, I held back on you guys in the beginning, but here's the subtitle for those of you that are taking notes. And the subtitle is Rich Hands, Poor Hands. Amen. Some of you are old enough to remember a television uh, series back in the day called Rich Man, Poor Man. And it was a book also. Uh, well, not Rich Man, Poor Man, but Rich Hands, Poor Hands. Amen. Would you would you rather have some rich hands or some poor hands? I, I take the rich hands any day. Amen. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Give me the rich hands. So have you ever heard this quote? I'm about to give you a quote. So if you're, getting, if you're taking notes, write this down. Here's a quote. A slack hand causes poverty, but a hand of diligent makes rich. Amen. So I'm going to say that one more time if you're you're writing it down. A slack hand causes poverty, but a hand of diligent makes rich. You know, this is a great quote, man. uh, This is a great quote for us to take as something to apply to our lives. You know, Uh, I want you all to know that this is not just a quote, but this is an actual scripture out of the word of God, out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 10 and verse four. Again, a slack hand causes poverty, but a hand of diligent makes rich. It's a small scripture. A small scripture, but its impact is huge. Amen. Amen. I have a video uh, I want to share with you guys. Um, so let's uh, let's watch this little video right here. Uh, where'd you go, video? Oh, there you go. All right, check this out. Oh. How my day usually goes. When it's time to get off work. Oh. 
front broke out in the electric line. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness hey y'all oh uh, there there's so many videos out there in, on social media about people and and their their attitudes and everything their situations in the workplace and uh they some of them be they they they, they just be cracking me up man they be cracking me up but one of the things it does it really reveals you know uh how we feel in in certain situations so you know so what we're talking about today doesn't it's, it's not restricted to the workplace. OK, but I do want to talk about the workplace because it kind of shows us uh, where we're at and so forth. You know, you know, here's the reality. A lot of us have bought into a lie that has done more harm to us than it's done good. We, we there's so many lies out there that this, that the, that the world, that Satan, that people have you know, uh, fed to us, taught us, impressed upon us, influenced us with to where we've actually uh, uh, adapted to them and taken them and we live by them. You know, we live and buy, we live and die by these lies. I mean, we fight for them. We are, we stand so strong on them and they're lies. And, and we, sometimes we have to step back and we have to look like, man, have I bought into a lie? And, 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 so, and the way, one of the ways you can find out if you bought into a lie uh, look at this. Examine your your the way you live by that. Okay, has it done more harm than it's done good? Okay, and that's how that's one of the ways you can tell if you're living by a lie. But we have bought into a lie that has done us more harm than it's done good. You know, have you ever have you ever said this? Have you ever said this before? You know, I'm going to work these these eight hours and I'm not going to work no more. I'm guilty. I've done that before. <laughs> I'm going to work these eight hours and I ain't working no more. That's it. That's all they're going to get out of me today. No more. Or, or, you know, they ain't going to get no more work out of me than what they pay me for. They pay me $750. They're going to get $750 out of me. That's it. You know, we all are guilty of this. We all have done this, you know, and, and at least I can't speak for y'all. So let me take that back. Uh, I've done this many times before. Okay. And uh, th this is what this, what this does, this reveals a certain type of a mindset. You know, I'm not advocating that we work uh, extra hours or that we do extra work without comp compensation. So I'm not advocating that. So don't get me wrong. But what I am advocating is doing your best at whatever Amen. you do. Amen. And what happens is this type of a, a, a mindset it, it 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 reveals something that's in us. It reveals a mindset that that is you know not giving your best. It's a mindset of not giving more. When you have a mindset of not giving more, it spills over into not giving your best. So it's not about giving more. It's about giving your best. So I want I want to make sure everybody is clear with me and where we're going today with this. It's not about giving more. It's about giving your best. Amen. When you have this mindset, you cut your own blessings short. So often we have this mindset, you know, that we're not going to give more or we're not going to get we don't give our best. There's certain things that we do. You know, we just do, you know, the 750. That's it. They pay me 750. They're going to get 750. That's it. No more, no less, whatever, you know, whatever. But we don't give our best. And when we don't give our best, we cut our blessings short.
If you're not willing to give your best, ask just, here's a question, right? If you're not willing to give your best, why should the recipient give their best? Think about that. You, you're not willing to give your best on your job, but you want your boss to pay you the best wage. You want your boss to give you the best benefits. You want your boss to give you the best perks. You want your boss to give you the best privilege. You want your boss to give you the best, but you're not willing to give your best. And now, now take this and let's let's relate this to God. You want God to give you his best. I know we all do. We don't want God to just give us, you know, a half blessing. We want God, God, I want all that you got. I mean, there are songs out there. We want it all. Give it all to me, God. I want your full blessing. I want your full presence. I want your full spirit. You know, we want all of you, God. I mean, so many songs out there and we and we this is what we promote. This is what we advocate for God to give us his all, to give us his best. And in the meantime, we're not giving him our best. We want God to give him. We want him to give us his best, but we're not willing to give him our best. When we have this type of a mindset, we cut our blessings short. Not giving your best will sometimes require for you to do more. It will, sometimes it will require for you to do more. And here's my uh, suggestion for you. Do it. Just do it. Like Nike say, just do it. I remember I remember um, when I was uh, got hired at the church that I was working at in Des Moines. And some of you know this, but when I very first got hired, I was I was licensed in ministry already. I came to this particular church. God led us there. And um, I was in a situation where I was in between jobs. I used to I was working for the state of Iowa. And then um, I had I had filed a complaint on them for some for some uh, uh, despair treatment and stuff like that. And so I got laid off during that time during the investigation. Uh, EEOC was investigating everything. Right. So during that time, I was in job transition. I end up getting a job at at this church um, that we were had started going to, and I got a job working in housekeeping, cleaning the toilets. And I got that job because I volunteered. I got tired of sitting at home. You know, I had a a, a six month old baby boy, Dion. I, I put him in daycare center so I can go volunteer and clean up at the church. Pastor found out that I was volunteer cleaning at the church, and uh, at the same time paying for childcare. And here I am in between jobs. I'm I, I ain't making no money, right? And so um, he gave me a job. He gave me a job. All right. I started working in housekeeping. Um, within about six months, about five to six months, without my knowledge, without my knowledge, actually probably shorter than that. Um, I was actually being prepared and being groomed to be the children's pastor. I didn't notice at the time. And so the guy that was a children's pastor at the time, you know, I actually I, I was already working in the children's ministry as a, as one of the key leaders. And he they hired him to uh, be the children's pastor. And I actually trained him and gave him the whole ropes of everything about our church and our children's ministry and everything. Right. Some of y'all familiar with that. You know, you've been at this job for so long and then they hire somebody to be your supervisor and then you end up training your supervisor. Mm -hmm. Right. That was me. But real quickly, I, I, in a couple months, a few months, you know, after they hired him. I, did, I was actually being groomed to be the children's pastor. I didn't notice. So we had summer camp. We were taking some kids to camp and what have you. And we were doing different things, you know, in the, in the children's ministry. I was doing all kinds of things. And then I, I, I went to our assistant pastor, who was a really good friend of mine at the time. I went to him and I said, hey, man, I'm getting sick and tired of this dude, man. He get on my nerves, right? 
And uh, here I am, I'm working in housekeeping, but I'm like running the children's ministry. I said, man, I'm getting tired of this dude, man. I'm, he, 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 him, he got me doing this. He got me doing that. He got me doing all the work. You know, I'm doing all the work. You know, and he just chilling. You know, he just telling me. And he said to me, my good friend, who was our assistant pastor at the time, he said, he said, just do it. I said, you, you tripping now. You tripping <laughs> now. He said, B, just do it. And I was like, okay, all right, bro. All right, bro. So, you know, I already had a mindset of doing my best and I was doing my best. And this is why, you know, things were being noticed. But I was I was getting tired. I was getting tired, man. I'm doing all this stuff. And he just thought, just do it. Within a, a month or two after that actual conversation, they came to me and they, they said, hey, pastor, or, or hey, uh, B, we want to hire you to be the children's pastor. Would you consider the job? I was like, what? <laughs> For real? You know? Is just do it, not giving you or, or not giving your best or giving your best, giving your best. It will sometimes require that you do more. Do it. You never know what God has prepared for you. Amen. Amen. Remember when we talked about last last week? We never know what God has prepared for us. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter nine and verse 10. It says this. What? Ever underline whatever, y'all. If you're taking notes, underline the word whatever. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might, do it with your strength, give it your best, amen. Man, for there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where we're all going someday. Whatever it is, whatever it is that that your hands find to do, do give it your best, do it with your might. Because at the end of the day, you, you can't take none of this work with you to the grave. All them thoughts that's in your head, all them good thoughts, all them positive thoughts, those talented thoughts, those skillful thoughts, that, that stuff you got, you can't take it to your grave. All of that yeah. knowledge and understanding that you got, you know stuff that I don't know. You can't take it to your grave. All the wisdom that you have gained, I, you can't take it to your grave. So if you can't take it to your grave, what's the best thing to do then? Give it away. Use it. Where's the profit? The profit is not in preserving your work. It's not in preserving your thoughts. It's not in preserving your knowledge. It's not in preserving your wisdom. Guess what? You can't take it. You, 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 you're going you gonna to take it to the grave with you? Why take it to the grave? It, that, that doesn't make any sense. The profit comes in using them. Use your thoughts, use your wisdom, use your work, use your knowledge, give it away. And, and, and by doing so, give it your best. Whatever you do, whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might, do it with your best. Amen. Whatever, amen. whatever. Amen. Giving and doing your best is a rich man's mindset. Not giving or not doing your best is a poor man's mindset. So it's your choice. You want to you live in a poor man's mindset? Then hold on to everything. Hold on to your knowledge. Hold on to your work. Don't give your best. Hold on to your wisdom. Hold on to your knowledge. Just hold on to your thoughts. Hold, hang, hold it for yourself. My word for you is don't cut your blessings short because you're not willing to give your best. When we don't give our best, we end up cutting our wow. blessings short.
Again, if you're not willing to give your best, why should the recipient give their best? Wow. If you're not willing to give your best to God, then why should God give you his best? So turn your Bibles and we're going to talk uh, story time, Bible story time now. I gave you my story time now. <laughs> I'm giving you a Bible story time now, okay? We're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 5. <clears throat> While you're turning to the book of Acts chapter 5, I'm going to give you the setting for this situation, all right? So in this setting, we have Jesus, you know, he's been crucified, dead and buried, resurrected again, spent some time with disciples. Now he's gone back to heaven, all right? So Jesus is no longer here on the earth. He's gone back to heaven. Now the disciples, they are in charge. They're doing things. They're running things, right? You guys remember the day of Pentecost? You know, uh, this was like some days or uh, something after Jesus had went back to heaven. The day of Pentecost came, the, the disciples, they was gathered together. And it says that uh, um, per Jesus' instructions, he told them, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. So during this day, it's called the day of Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit came and they were all filled with the Spirit of God. And it says that they began to speak in tongues. Well, right after that happened, they went out into the streets in Jerusalem, they began to preach. All the, all the disciples, they just began to preach. And each one of them were preaching in different languages, languages that they, had, that they had never been taught before. People were amazed and they was like, oh man, these guys are, are, are speaking in our language and we can understand what they're saying. And man, the word that they're teaching is amazing. It was powerful. And, and it was like, how does this happen? And they said something, oh, them dudes, they just drunk or whatever. And, and, and I think it was Peter that said, they, these, these people are not drunk as you suppose. He said, they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he began to preach. Peter began to preach to all those people that was out there. And it was a, some type of a, a, a convention or a conclave or something going on in the city at that time. So the city was packed full of people. And, uh, and Peter began to preach to those people. And it said about 5,000 people got saved on that day. They went out, the disciples went out to the streets to start preaching to people. About 5,000 people got saved on that day. Okay, so moving forward, fast forward. Uh, so uh, after that happened, after all those people got saved, he said they got saved and baptized in the spirit. All right. The Jewish council, the leaders in the Jewish church, the Jewish council, they called for Peter, they called for uh, uh, John and some of the other disciples, and they began to question them, they began to deal with them about what, what is this that you're doing? You're This man, Jesus, he was uh, proven to be, you know, a blasphemous person and, and, and a false prophet, and he was crucified, you know, he was hung on the cross, he's dead, he's gone, and y'all still preaching this stuff, y'all need to stop doing this, why are y'all guys doing this? You know, you're leading the people wrong, and so they stood strong on what they were doing. The, the, the Jewish council, they was also concerned because they had a large following. And they like I said, they gained 5,000 5, new followers on that day. This was Peter and John. They found themselves in the midst of starting what you would call, some called the first church of Christ. Okay. They started the first church of Christ. Doing so, there was as they were organized all of these new believers, all of these new converts and getting people together, organizing home Bible studies and all kinds of stuff, right? One of the things that happened, it says, it says in the scripture, when you read this in the book of Acts, it says that everyone, all those people, so you got, I don't know how many followers they had before, but then all of a sudden now they got like 5,000 new followers, okay? And now that's some, that's some numbers, right? That's some heavy numbers. But it says in the scripture, it says that as Peter and John and the other disciples began to organize these people and bring these people together, it says that they were all in one accord and had the same, what, mindset. Amen. They had the same mindset. They were in one accord and they had the same mindset, all right? They began, this is one, one of the things that they began to do. They began to sell a lot of their possessions. A lot of people was going, I don't know if they was instructed to do this. The scripture doesn't say that they was instructed to, it, to do it or not. It just says people, this is what they did, okay? 
they began to sell possessions, sell some of their personal items and stuff, and they would bring them to the church. And Peter and John, they would redistribute that. So say for they would sell, you know, if they had a camel, you know, they got a, they got an extra camel or something. They got they sell a camel and the money that they made from it, they would bring it to the church. And Peter and John, what they would do is they would take that money and they would redistribute it back to the people according to their need. They would look at, okay, who needs, who needs what? Who needs this? Oh, 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 you need, you need, you need some transportation, right? Okay, you need a camel or you need a horse or something like that. You need a donkey. Okay, so let's go buy them a donkey. You know, they need a donkey to get back and forth to work. So they were redistributed according to people's uh, 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 need, all right? And the Bible says that none suffered lack. Yeah. I, that's a that's a lesson. I'm, I want to teach that. I'm going to teach on this heavy one of these days. OK, yes. not today, but one of these days I'm going to teach on this heavy. But it said none suffered lack. So whatever they was doing and everybody being in one accord, everybody being in my, one mindset, it was working and people were being benefited from this thing. All right. To where it was the lack that they had in their lives, it, they was erasing it. Imagine that. Okay, so here we are, the Bible story for today. We're picking up in the book of Acts chapter five. And I'm gonna start reading in verse one, okay? And it says this. It says, but there was a search. So as everybody's bringing money, uh, they're selling stuff and they're bringing money to the church and, and Peter and John and other disciples, they're redistributing to people to, to, according to their needs so that none suffered lack. This is what happens. It says, but there was a certain man named Ananias. You guys probably heard this story before. A certain man named Ananias who with his wife Sapphira, they sold property. So they had some they had some land. They must have had you know a good amount of land because they had some work, uh, that they can afford to sell. So they sold some property. He it says he brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. So here Ananias he sold some property. He brought part of the money to to the church to the to the apostles, and he said, "This is the total amount that I sold the land wow. for." But it wasn't, all right? It says, with his wife's consent, he kept the rest, all right? Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property, listen to this guy, catch this right here. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wish. In other words, this ain't, we ain't got control over this, Ananias. That's your land. You can do what you want to do with it. It was yours to sell or to do what? Not sell as you wish. And after selling it, now that you don't sold it, after selling it, the money was yours to give away. You yeah. can do what you want to do with it. It's your land. It's your property. You can sell it or you don't have to sell it. If you sell it and you got money for it, it's your, it's your decision on what you do with the money. You want to bring it to the church or whatever. It's your decision. But you have did what? you? It says you were, he says, you were not lying to us, but you were lying to God. Wow, that's deep. Okay. You you think you're lying to us. You're lying to God, bro. It says, as soon as I Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and he died. Everyone heard about this and was terrified. Then some young men, they got up and they wrapped him in a sheet and they took him outside and they buried him. But three out about three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened to him. Peter asked her. She says, was this the price that your husband, uh, was this the price that you and your husband received for your land? And she said, yes, mm. that she said, yes, that was the price. And Peter said to her, he said, um, how could you two even think of conspiring to test the Holy mm. Spirit, the, the spirit of the Lord like this? 
The young men who buried your husband are outside, are just outside the door, and they would carry you out too. Instantly, she fell to the floor and died. Wow. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her and buried, carried her out and buried her next to her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else uh, who heard it. Her, everyone else who had heard what happened. Now, now, so often we've heard, we've heard, you know, if you've been, if you've been around church anywhere, you probably heard this story before. Ananias and his wife, they decided to sell some land and uh, decided to donate it to the church. A noble act. Decided to sell some of their land and give it to the church, give them the money to the church. That's a noble act. All right. But they also decided to lie about the donation amount. And keep some of it for themselves. In other words, they sold the land for a hundred thousand, but they decided to, to, to give the church uh fifty thousand. Okay, y'all get that? Peter questions Ananias about this, uh, about you know, when he brings his donation. He knows that he's lying about it, he knows about the selling amount or whatever. However, he knows, I don't know. Maybe the Holy Spirit told him, maybe he heard it through a little bird or something like that. Somebody, you know, gossiping. I don't know how he heard. <laughs> but he heard about it. So when Ananias comes to him, he knows that he's lying. All right. And he says, uh, he says this. He says, the property was yours or not to sell as you wish. And after selling it, the money was yours to give or not wow. give. Wow. In other words, Ananias, you don't, you don't have a reason to lie here. What's going on? What, what, what are you doing? Why are you lying about this? We don't care. I mean, if you want to sell your land, sell your land. If you want to give a donation, give a donation, but don't lie about it. And, and, and he said, you know, there was no need for Ananias to lie about his donation. He was free to do what he wanted to do. He was free to give however he wanted to give. Ananias, uh, his wife told the same lie, and she gets what? She received the same punishment. Right. Most people read this story or have been taught this story, and they conclude that it is dangerous, it's a dangerous thing if we don't pay our tithes and offerings. How many of you have been taught this story and, 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 and almost always is brought to a place of us giving financial support to the church, whether through tithes and offerings, okay? Although this is a financial giving story, it's more than that. There's more to this. So, so it's, it's more than just us giving financial support to the church. It's more than just us paying our tithes and our offerings or whatever. You know, I tend to think that there's more to the story than just giving money to the church. Mm -hmm. I think it's more about the condition of their hearts, mm -hmm. the condition of Ananias' heart, the condition of his wife's heart. Why do I believe that? Why do I think that? I think that because it says it in the scripture. When, when Ananias came to Peter, he, he gave his donation and Peter questions him about it and, and Ananias lies. Peter's response was this. He says, why have you let Satan do what? Fill your heart. Wow. Right there, right there. It reveals what the problem is in this situation. It reveals what this is, what, what's going on here. He said, why have you let Satan fill your heart? There is something going on in the condition of their hearts that needs to be understood, that needs to be taught, that needs to be brought out in here. And we need to figure out, okay, how, uh, how what do we learn from this? 
There is something that's going on in their hearts that's a dangerous thing. So dangerous to the point where Ananias and his wife end up dying as a result of it. Wow. They end up losing their lives as a, as a result of what was in their hearts. So we're teaching today, right? So let's ask ourselves three questions. Ooh, I got six minutes left. I had turned my timer on today, y'all. Um, let me, let me, let me, let me I'm finna go in a, I'm finna go in a, uh, uh, what, fifth gear right now, y'all. I'm going to fifth gear right now. So y'all better hang on, uh, 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 tighten up, okay? So here's it. Ask ourselves the three questions, all right? Three questions I do, I like to ask, all right? Number one, who is the story talking to? Number two, what is it talking about? And number three, how does it apply to me? Again, who is the story talking to? What is it talking about and how does it apply to me? Okay, first question is this, how, who is the story talking to? Obviously, it's talking to us. There is a lesson. We're reading this because there is a lesson for us to learn, right? So it's talking to us. So when you're reading this story, when we look at this story, we have to take this thing and apply it to ourselves. It's talking to me, all right? So there's something for us to learn here. So what is the lesson for us to learn here? Well, the answer is found in the next question. And the next question is, what is it talking about? So the, so, so the lesson that we need to learn is looking at what is it talking about? It's talking about the condition of Ananias and his wife's heart. What is the condition of their heart? Ananias and his wife had a heart of mediocrity. Did I say that right? Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to look at the comments and talk at the same time. Uh, okay. 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 Cool. I got you. Um, they had a heart of mediocrity. Mm -hmm. I might be struggling the way that I'm pronouncing that word, but it sounds good. All right. What is mediocrity? Mediocrity is only a moderate quality. Not a good quality, not a very good quality. In their heart, their heart, they had a heart of mediocrity, only a moderate quality. Uh, not a good quality. They had a heart of not giving their best. That's what it is. They had a heart of not giving their best. You know, we can go back to the story of uh, uh, Cain and Abel. You know, that whole story about Cain and Abel. You know what Cain's problem was? Not giving his best. And not following the instructions that God gave him. And because he was, he because he, he didn't follow the instructions that God gave him, he wasn't giving his best. Abel's offering was received. Why? Because he gave his best. Cain had a heart of mediocrity, a not, not a, a very low quality, a, 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 a moderate quality. Amen. Here's the purpose for selling their land was to donate money to the church so that the church could do what? Help other people that were in need. That's the whole purpose of them selling the church, selling their land, selling their land so they can get some money, donate it to the church so the church can do what? Help other people. All right. They had every right to give whatever they wanted to give. They could give all the money or they can give part of the money. The choice was theirs. But what they did, whatever they decided to give out of the goodness of their own hearts would have been acceptable. If they would have sold that land for $100,000 and decided to give the church $10,000, if that's what they gave out of the good, if that's what they decided to give out of the goodness of their heart, then they it would have been acceptable. Okay. How do I know that? Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse seven, it says, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pre pressure 
For God loves what? A cheerful giver. A cheer- so whatever they had decided, whatever Ananias and his wife had decided to give, all right, out of their own heart, out of the goodness of their own heart, it would have been acceptable. Amen. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. So when you want to give, if you want to give across town Church of Memphis, if you want to give to, you know, uh, uh, St. Jude, if you want to give to the Red Cross, if you want to give to the man standing on the corner holding the sign, it's your choice. It, it, when you're at your workplace and, and you have a job to do, w- w- what you want to give, what you want to give, you want to give your best, it's your choice. Give, 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 give your best. But don't cut short. Don't be like, don't, don't, don't cut yourself short. Don't cut yourself. Don't, don't. <coughs> Ananias and his wife, they lied about it. Their giving, the get their giving was a condition of their heart. They, they went wrong when they when they decided to be deceitful about it. That's where they went wrong. If they if the goodness in their heart was to give the amount that they actually brought to the church, and and, and they, there's no reason for them to lie about it, but the the, the deceitfulness. The deceitful in their, heart, in their heart, it revealed their heart, okay? So why be deceitful? Why were they deceitful? Who knows? The scripture doesn't tell us why they were deceitful. So we don't know why they were deceitful. Maybe they had other plans for the rest of the money. Maybe they wanted to go on vacation. Maybe they needed to buy them a new horse or a new camel. Maybe they wanted to go, uh, maybe do some investments with the money. Maybe they wanted to buy some new clothes. I don't know. Who knows, all right? But here's the deal. None of that would have been wrong. If they want to go on vacation, keep some of the money for themselves and go on vacation and buy a new horse or camel or invest or buy some new clothes, that's their money. They can do what they want to do with it. It wouldn't have been wrong for them to do it. They were deceitful. Their deceitfulness is what wrong. That's where they went wrong. They were deceitful because they really didn't want to give it all. They, they, they didn't want to get. You know what they were doing? They were giving reluctantly. They were giving out of response to pressure. Everyone else was giving like, man, because the scripture says what? That everybody was what? Uh, In one accord and in the same mindset. So here they are. They see what everybody's doing. The pressure is on. You know, it's like, yeah, man, everybody doing something. We got to do, you know, like how many times you've been sitting at church, man, doing special service and everybody getting up and them baskets, them plates are passing or everybody getting up. You know, you got the celebration music going on. People walking around, you know, giving they dropping their offering in the basket. People dancing, they shaking hands, smiling, hugging. I mean, it's a celebration going on. Here you are sitting there, like man, everybody, and you got to scoot up so so people can walk by you and stuff like that. And everybody looking at you like, why come you ain't getting up? Why come you ain't getting up? You ain't gonna get nothing. And then you know, after a while, you might after a couple of people pass you, you just like go on, get up. You know, yeah. Oh, they got my clock right there. Let me stop my timer. You want to get on up, you know, so hey, I got I got two dollars in my pocket. Let me go ahead and get a two dollars put in the basket. You know, and sometimes we, we give out of pressure or we give reluctantly. Mm-hmm. Give out of your own heart. Yeah. Their deceitfulness revealed their hearts. Last question. We're closing. How does this apply to me? How does this apply to me? I need to make sure that I don't have the same type of heart that Ananias and and Sapphira had. Make sure that I don't have the same type of heart. When I give, I must decide in my own heart what to give. I I, I must not give reluctantly or out of pressure. You know, when I was 
uh, in that shop class. <clears throat> and I learned that saying that I think I, I told you guys about. I decided at a very young age, I didn't made a decision then. This is, I, I, I want to take this as being a standard in my life. I want to take this as being a part of who I am. And when, 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 when whatever it is that's before me, whatever it is that's before me, whether it's work, whether it's thought, whether it's knowledge, whether it's wisdom, I make a decision before I, I commit to it. I make a decision before I commit to it. Am I going to give my best or am I, am I going to slack? If I can't give my best, I don't commit to it. Okay, Pastor Brown, what does this have to do with the topic? Okay, here's this is what it has to do with the topic. Proverbs 10, scripture, one of the scriptures we started with. I'm, I'm ending the way I started. Proverbs 10 and 4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Ananias and his wife, they had slack hands and it came, it showed in their heart. They, <clears throat> they weren't willing to give their best. They Instead, they wanted to be deceitful. And, and when people are deceitful, what are you, what are you, what's ultimately, what are you doing when you're being deceitful? You're trying to paint an image of yourself that's not true. You're trying to make people believe something about you that's not true. That's what you're doing when you're being deceitful. You want them, you want people to believe something different. It's, wow. it's unnecessary. Instead, they were deceitful and holding back and lying about it. I, I, other scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, I mean chapter 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10. Whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might. Give your best. For there is no work, there is no thought, there is no knowledge, there is no wisdom in the grave where we're all going to go someday. Yes. Scripture says, whatever, it's your choice, what you give. Whether you give in, 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 in work, you give of your talent. It, it says here, what, work, where you're giving your work, whether you're giving your thought, whether you're giving your knowledge, whether you're giving your wisdom, whatever you give. Give your best. Amen. It's your choice. It's Amen. your choice. Do your best. Amen. Amen. Give your best. Ananias and his wife, they had the choice to do whatever they wanted to do, but they chose not to do their best. I, I, my cousin, uh, Yolanda, she was in town a couple of weeks ago. She lives in Houston. And uh, we were hanging out. And uh, one day, me and her sister, we decided we uh, went, to, went to lunch together. And uh, as we were together, me, her, and uh, Tita was together and was having lunch. And, and Yolanda was telling Tita, she said, she said, Tita, uh, she said, this is one of the reasons why I like Byron. She said, Byron, whatever he does, he does his best. He gives his best. If you ask him to do something or if you need something from him or if he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Byron always gives his best. He's always, you, 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 if, when you're dealing with Byron, you don't have to worry about no shortcuts. You don't have to worry about no half doing. If he say he going to do it, he going to do it. And when he do it, he going to do it good. And I'm sitting there, you know, we're in a restaurant. I'm sitting, I'm listening to Yolanda. And I was like, wow, thank you, Yolanda. That's, that's a great compliment, you know. And, and she said, she said to, she said to Tita, she said, you can't find a lot of people like that. There's not a lot of people like that. When you give, when you do, 
do your best. Man. Don't cut your blessings short because you're not willing to give your best or do your best. Doing your best is a small thing, but it makes a big difference. Amen. Here's, I got a couple of quotes, a few qu closing quotes for you if you want to write these down. Always do your best. What you plant now, you will harvest later. Wow. You may not get the payoff down. You, you plant now, but the harvest comes later. Amen. Maya Angelou, she said this. She says, do, uh, do the best you can until you know better. <laughs> and then when you know better, do better. Amen. I like that. I, I like that I like one that. too. I like that one too. Because sometimes we don't know no better. You know what I mean? We just do the best we can with what we got, right? Some of us, we know what we, we know what that feels like because that's the way we grew up. Do the best you can with what you know. But once you know better, you do better. Amen. Oprah Winfrey, she says this. She says, doing your best at this moment, doing your best at this thing, doing your best at whatever right now, put you in the best place for the next moment. When my when my when my friend told me and I was going to him complaining about you know this this new this guy that we had hired to be the children's pastor when he was telling I said dude man he's telling me to do all this he got me doing all this work man this is his work he should be doing this stuff and he told me just do it just do it doing your best at this moment puts you in the best place for the next moment amen once a task has just begun never leave it till it's done. Be it large, big, or small, do it well or not at all. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.